last Saturday in Vegas, the Cougars rolled the dice with a freshman quarterback, and it paid off. Critchlow claps the hands, play fake to Kofensis, loads up and fires deep, and caught by Micah Simon down the 26-yard line of UNLV. It's a big gainer, a 28-yarder, Critchlow to Simon. Today, BYU returns home to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to face UMass on Senior Day. Look at guys like Fred Warner, Tijon Coloma, those guys have played a lot of ball for BYU, and this is their last time in the stadium. Uh, these guys would be excited to get out on, on the field and play for our fans. That, that's something that really matters to our players and our seniors. For those seniors playing their final home game in Provo, today is all about leaving the field winners. Yeah, I know it hasn't been the season that, that I've wanted or that the you know the fans have wanted, but hopefully we can get a pretty good turnout for the last home game. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some emotions, but I'm excited. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus UMass on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good morning, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Today is Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as the Cougars host the UMass Minutemen. 18 seniors are expected to be honored today as BYU goes for two wins in a row. The Cougars won last Friday night in Las Vegas over UNLV 31-21. The Cougars improved their record on the season to 3-8. Joining me from Lavelle Edwards Stadium is the one and only Mark Lyons. Mark? little chilly, but a gorgeous day for football. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jason, it's so fun uh, because you finally, you know, you don't get many days uh, that are really cool anymore. I mean, because of the global warming and everything, uh, BYU just doesn't get many chances to play in the chill. And so uh, today, it's got, they've got a chance to be in a little bit cooler weather. It's certainly not going to be a snowstorm. It's not a blizzard. It's not Laramie, that's for sure. But uh, you have to have a couple games like this in your lifetime. So uh, today is it. it well, and it's going to be sunny. That's the whole difference. When it gets to be sunny, the sun. It's, it's a beautiful sky. I love how the vapor comes off the jet being that cool, clear sky. Oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this beautiful day we've got here. Wow, global warming, vapor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're a meteorologist or something today. I'm liking it, Mark. <laughs> well, well I've studied quite a bit. <laughs> Are you pointing at a green screen right now just while you're talking? Uh, no. So <laughs> let, let's look back on last week. The, the UNLV game was one where you said, that's what I'm talking about. Critchlow looked <laughs> composed. He made throws. Squally was a beast with a career-high 213 rushing yards. The defense bent but didn't break. What did you learn about this Cougar team last Friday night? Well, I really liked how they came out and competed. I was concerned about uh, where they were going to be and uh, what their mind was like. Uh, I, I felt as though uh, it was uh, kind of one of those uh, games where you're at the end of the season, things haven't gone well, it might be a time that uh, teams players could have cashed it in. And that didn't happen. I really enjoyed the way they warmed up at the start of the game. They were all enthusiastic. They had a little hop in their step. They were excited to be there. And uh, because of that, uh, they kept that attitude. I thought people 
worked real hard to keep Joe Critchlow in a frame of mind that he didn't have to win the football game. He was just going to go out and play the game, use the other 10 guys on the field with him, and uh, he really did a nice job of controlling, taking care of the football, and I thought that they just uh, did an excellent job. As the things went well for them early, I'm talking about BYU, even though it was in the second quarter, but uh, as things went well that uh, UNLV didn't score any points in that first quarter, I felt as though that gave BYU a little bit of uh, confidence and some strength, and they got after it. So all in all, I thought it was a really good win for them. As we've mentioned, today is senior day. BYU will be honoring 18 seniors, and it's always an emotional day for those players. How difficult is it to focus on the game when you're one of those seniors dealing with all of the emotions of playing your final game at home? Yeah, well... How about if you're the broadcaster going to the stadium for your final game this year? You got that. There, there are so many of uh, this is it. This is the end. And I'm telling you, I remember the day I ran out on the football field for the first time in the first game that I played. And I remember also the final game that I played here in the stadium. Both of those are just uh, experiences that you can't, uh, you just remember for the rest of your life. And so uh, those, this group of players, I'm going to say this about four times probably today, but this group of teammates will not be together after next week. They won't be together on this field again. And uh, that's a big deal. You know, I'm going to use that quote from Moneyball. We're all told at some point in time that we can no longer play the children's game. We just don't. Don't know when it's going to be. Some of us are told at 18. Some of us are told at 40. But we're all told we just don't know when it's going to happen. A lot of these players, these seniors today, are going to be suiting up here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the last time. And it's a difficult thing to deal with. Mark, Moneyball, one of my favorite movies. Well done on that. Uh, we, we were talking about the improvements that we saw from BYU at UNLV in all three phases, quite honestly. So with that in mind, what do you need to see from the Cougars today in order to see a progression of improvement? Well, unfortunately, uh, Jason, uh, if we're picking out what needs to be, uh, where we're going to see improvement, what what we have to see, that means we're going to pick out something that wasn't good last week, and that was third down conversions. BYU is two of ten last week, and they've just—that's where I think that they have to be better today. You've got to limit the number of offensive possessions of a team that has a dynamic offense, and that's UMass. UMass is a good offensive team. It's another one of those teams that's much better on offense than they are on defense. So you've got to limit the times that they get the football. That means you have to be good on third down, and so that's one area. And then the other side of that, uh, you, they're, they're pretty good. They're decent on third down conversion. You've got to take the ball away from them. Yeah, on those third down plays, BYU's just not been as sharp as they should be uh, on third down defense. They've got to get the ball away from that opponent on those third downs. Well, that opponent is UMass, and this UMass team is a lot like BYU last season in terms of playing those close games. As we saw with the Cougars last year, playing close games gave the team confidence to know that they were never out of it. What do you expect to see from the Minutemen today? Yeah, I'm very impressed. So uh, they're a big play offense. They uh, throw the ball and run the ball about the same number of times in a game. Uh, So I think that against... uh, 
Mississippi State, man, they came out and threw, I think they passed on the first eight or nine plays that they ran. And uh, uh, they had an intent that they were going to throw the football. They've got a great tight end. They've got a great receiver. They've got a very good running back. And their quarterback completes about 62% of his passes. So I think that uh, their offense is dynamic. And so that's that's the area that I think that uh, they're going to try and use their offense for the big play against BYU and score points in a hurry, and in that way they stay in the football game. All right, Mark, great stuff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up, we're going to talk with the radio voice of the Minutemen, Josh Maurer. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Cougar. Squally has a gap. Squally into the end zone. Oh, Canada. This is the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. Getting you ready for the Cougars and the Minutemen. We are also now pleased to have Josh Maurer, the voice of the Minutemen, joining us here on the Cougar Countdown Show. Josh, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. You got it, Jason. I'm, I'm happy to be back here in the most scenic setting I think you could find in college football. So I've had this vision implanted in my brain for the last 365 days and i get to come back and see it again on a a gorgeous saturday so couldn't be happier it's my understanding that you at least had the intention of hiking the y yesterday but you know it just uh, you got rained out a little bit is that accurate that is accurate in fact this would have been my third time and i got about 70 percent of the way up with a few of the umass staffers and lo and behold we see these clouds rolling in and when you're up that high, the clouds are, like, right on you. <laughs> and, and then the wind picks up, and we're thinking, oh, no. And then then came the hail. So you have the hail falling, and we think, all right, well, this may derail the rest of the hike. And then you hear thunder. So <laughs> at that point, it was a little bit precarious. So we, we found a rock. And, uh, and sat underneath the rock to make sure we didn't get struck by lightning for the next 10 minutes or so. So that, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was my a, Y that, adventure this year. He's a that's gamer, a, isn't he? I'll that's tell a you, smart Josh. move on your part, Josh. He's a gamer. So now you mentioned this is obviously not your first trip here. This is not UMass's first trip to play BYU in Provo. You guys were here last year. So my first question to you is, how are the Minutemen different this season from the team that BYU faced last year? I think there are multiple ways First and foremost, they have finally figured out a way to win close games. And that's been an issue since they moved up to the FBS level six years ago. They've been in a lot of games against very good teams that, for whatever reason, whether it's a penalty, a turnover, a mistake, mental issue, they haven't been able to to finish the deal. Uh, Special teams, I should throw in, too. Calamitous missed kicks or blocked kicks over the years that have cost them chances to win games. This year... Finally, and this is really only the last four weeks, those plays that you need to win a game are being made. And we're hopeful as kind of, you know, looking at it as the turning point of of UMass at the FBS level, we're we're hopeful that this has finally been the turn. The corner has been turned. And now maybe they can be a successful program moving forward. Sure. They've won uh, three of the last four, you know, and so that certainly is a positive note for them. And they were with Mississippi State 
uh, all the way through the third quarter. But, you know, I look at this team and I see speed. I see athletic ability. I see size. I see execution. All of those things. Now, uh, were those things missing at the start of the year? I don't think so, Mark. One of the issues at the beginning of the season was that none of those six games, and UMass started 0-6, and they were all by 10 points or fewer. So they're in every one of them. In none of those six games could they get all three phases of the game to play, or all three phases clicking in the same game. So you're against Ohio University, and you score 50 points, but you give up 58. At Tennessee, you hold Tennessee and SEC offense to 17, and you only score 13. And that was the week before you scored 50 against OU. Yeah. So it was just one of those crazy things. They missed three short field goals in a game against Temple that they ended up losing by eight. Do the math. You make those three field goals, you yeah. maybe win the game. So it, it was just one thing or another. Um, there is a lot of speed on offense right now. They're clicking with Andy Isabella, the wide receiver. Yeah. The last two games, he's gone over 150 yards, including at Mississippi State. So he's been in, uh, he's been in a great rhythm with Andrew Ford, the quarterback. And then Marquise Young, the running back, I don't think this is a coincidence. In all three of the wins UMass has, those are the three games this year that Marquise went over 100 yards. You can run the football. In addition to the great passing game they have, you have a good chance of winning. That's right where I wanted to go. And speaking of the offense, and by the way, we're talking with Josh Maurer, the radio play-by-play voice of the UMass Minutemen here on the Cougar Countdown Show. You mentioned several playmakers on offense, Ford, Brennan, Isabella, so on. The offensive production, how pleased are the coaches with what they're seeing week in and week out from this group? Right now, they're very pleased. I don't think they were for the first few weeks of the season necessarily. But Mark Whipple, who's the head coach, he's an offensive guy. And that's been his calling card his entire career. When he was at UMass the first time around, when they were still an FCS program, he took them to a national championship, and they scored 50-some points in the national championship game with Marcel Ship. Remember Marcel Ship, the NFL running back? He was right. UMass's standout back in 98 when they won a national championship. And Mark Whipple's always been able to score, but it, it, it hadn't been happening consistently. But now look at this. The last five games, UMass is scoring 40 points. And as I said, they're getting more balanced with the, the running game finally giving you some production. Andrew Ford, the quarterback, is back healthy now. And last week, in the first three quarters, he had 340 passing yards and four touchdowns before they kind of took the, the foot off the uh, passing pedal in the, in the fourth quarter. So uh, the balance is there and the production's there. It, it, this is as well as UMass has played, period, in the six years that they've been an FBS program. Now, last year, following this game, uh, you guys went to Hawaii. Now, I know it doesn't relate much to what's going on, but uh, uh, I am going to ask you, how was that trip? And then secondly, (laughs) uh, this year, you wait two weeks, and then you play Florida International. Are you guys treating, did you treat either one of those like a bowl game situation for your team? That's a great question, and the answer is yes, actually, to, to both of those. Last year, the Hawaii trip, in a season where it was kind of going into it pretty pretty well known that making a bowl game by getting the the six wins to qualify was going to be a long shot they they scheduled that hawaii game to be at the end of the year to reward the seniors that was the first class of the fbs era they went through a lot of growing pains and and losing seasons unfortunately and that was a reward for them and they went straight from provo to honolulu and spent the week out there so they treated it like a bowl game and and umass they had thanksgiving dinner on a naval base at Pearl Harbor, which was a really neat experience. And then they played very well. They almost beat a Hawaii team that that went to a bowl game itself. Uh, 
this year it's it's going to be treated like a bowl game, but it's a different scenario. UMass's last game of the season was supposed to be today. Oh, I see. There was a game in October oh. that UMass was going to play South Florida. It got postponed. Right? It got postponed because of it was ramifications, a trickle-down effect from Hurricane Irma. Uh, the American Athletic Conference had called and asked if that game could be played at a later year. And uh, so UMass was left playing just 11 games. And Florida International also had lost a game because of Irma. So oh, they wow. uh, got on the phone and said, hey, you guys want to play a 12th game? And so they're going to play it on December yeah, 2nd. Good deal. Yeah, that's good. BYU, Josh, is, in at least in my opinion, coming off its most complete game of the season. You've got Joe Critchlow making his second career start. Squally Canada coming off a career day at UNLV of 213 yards. My question for you is in regards to the UMass defense. How is that side of the football been evaluated this year and how do you think they match up with what BYU's offense uh, is looking to do not great to be honest with you Jason I, I think that if you looked at the big weakness that the UMass defense has had it's been stopping the run and obviously with what Canada did last week against UNLV and who knows who else could be running the football today if some of the 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 guys who have been out like KJ Hall if he comes back I, I'm I'm certain that Coach Satake wants to run the football. Look, you got a, a quarterback making his second ever start. Yeah. You've got a UMass defense that's near 100th in the country and stopping the run. That's what I would do. I, I would run it as much as I can and then just have Critchlow manage the game otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a big test for UMass, especially with, look, UMass, BYU's got a great experienced offensive line, and uh, that's, that's given UMass some problems in the past this year. Well, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Uh, I don't know if uh, BYU wants a shootout at all, but uh, uh, that could be what we're in for today, right? I don't know. You know what? There's nothing that would surprise me in this game. <laughs> it, it, if, if this ended up being a 17-14 to 14 final score, that wouldn't shock me. But if it ended up being 45-40, to 40, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, UMass is, has played in, in each of those each types of, those of games times. this year, and they're... they're kind of comfortable with doing it uh but i i do agree with you i, I don't think byu wants it to be a 45 to 40 game yeah. josh great stuff thank you so much for taking a few minutes i know you've got to get back to uh to your broadcast so have a good call and thanks again for joining us you got it jason and, and by the way i'm looking forward to seeing you at the barclays center next week that's right said, that's yeah yeah, we, we, will... this is just the first of our UMass BYU doubleheader. <laughs> That's right. We've, we've got football this week, and then uh, yeah, Barclays Center uh, a week from today. That's right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing quite a bit of each other. As a matter of fact, it's it's crazy how over these last few years, it's like there's a little rivalry. I don't know if it's a rivalry, but we're <laughs> we're playing each other a lot in football and hoops, UMass and BYU. It doesn't seem geographically to make sense, but I'm happy to I'm happy that we get to keep coming out here. Independence, hey, man. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Josh, great stuff. Thanks for the time. You got it. There we go. Josh Maurer, the voice of the UMass Minutemen, joining us here on the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Micah Hanneman, Joe Critchlow, Ty Detmer, and Kalani Satake, all in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready 
for Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU hosting the UMass Minutemen. It's time for Cougar Cuts. And last week's win mark at UNLV was certainly a much-needed and impressive victory. But was it the team's most complete game? Micah Hanneman was asked that question. It's hard to say complete game, complete game, but overall, I feel like that was our most all-around team effort win with with our offense, our running game, our run-stop game, and and some turnovers on defense, which which was good. The feeling throughout the whole game was always a a good feeling, and to me, I feel like that that makes a complete game. Yeah, there's going to be some things that that you mess up, but overall, the game felt, felt smooth, and it felt exciting on the sideline and exciting in the huddle and stuff like that. You know, Mark, it certainly was not perfect, but I do think it was BYU's most complete game in all three phases. Yeah, I felt as though they, uh, well, first of all, the line just dominated on both sides. The offensive and defensive lines really did take charge in the football game. And again, it was such a benefit to uh, help that young quarterback have a chance to get through his first full game and uh, the only other game that I would say came close and and so just to make your point right would have been the Utah game and Utah there you know the offense wasn't productive and I think that they had a lot of struggles in that game that should have been better and if that's your next best game well then UNLV was better than that so yeah I think that uh, they probably had their best outing against UNLV now, Would that's you, the good news, bad news, right? Right. <laughs> good news yeah. that you're excited. Yeah. You beat somebody, uh, but it was UNLV, you know. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, UNLV is a different club, and so is BYU this year. Well, B- BYU needed a win, and they got it. And, you know, I, that's, I tweeted that out. I mean, like, there were people that were saying that. Oh, it was just you. You know what? No, yeah. no, 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 no. The way this season has gone, BYU needed that win, and they got it and played well. That's again what, today. That's what, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. With, with Joe Critchlow's performance at UNLV, it was obviously a safe bet to assume he would get the start today, which obviously he is. The freshman was asked if he could have ever imagined that he would be in this position so quickly. In all honesty, not really. I had the mentality coming in to be able to, to work as hard as I could to get as high in the depth chart as I possibly could to compete with all the quarterbacks and really help the team in any way I can. But coming in, I wasn't expecting to start, obviously, this first year. So having the opportunity, it's, it's been unfortunate that we've had injuries at the quarterback position, but I felt like it was my time to, to show what I got, and I felt like I did a pretty good job. Yeah, I would say he did a, a pretty good job. And Mark, in the opportunity, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, to talk with him, but in the uh, the couple of times that I've talked to him and then certainly watching the performance at UNLV, this guy doesn't seem to get rattled too much. The, the moment didn't seem to be too big for him making his first start. Yeah, I thought that's what was most impressive. I thought he had terrific poise. Uh, he made an audible and uh, completed a pass, and I felt as though uh, he did. It. Uh, he was safe with the football except for that one throw that probably was going to be picked at the uh, about at the goal line. But uh, all the other stuff, I thought he did the thing that you try to do, and that's throw it away from the defender and give your guy a chance. That's the best thing you can do as a quarterback that's going to try and manage the game. Now he's got a... Uh, He's got people thinking he can play. So he's got teammates that are going to back him this week because they went out and got that victory last week. It's going to give him the opportunity to be a leader. And uh, I think they're going to rely a little bit on, on his skills today. As we've mentioned, it's senior day. 18 seniors will be honored before today's uh, game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Coach Satake reflected on this group of seniors and all that they've given to the program. 
Yeah, I love the seniors. I mean, look at guys like Fred Warner, who's a four-year starter, and T. John Karoma. Those guys have played a lot of ball for BYU, and this is their last time in the stadium, you know, in front of our home crowd. And I, I said last oh, the weekend that our players, they feed off of our, our fans, and it was nice seeing that we had so many fans in the Vegas game, you know, and so uh, these guys are going to be excited to get out on, on the field and play for, the, for the, our fans. That, that's something that really matters to our players and our seniors. You know, Mark, we probably say this every year, but it is crazy to think that, uh, you know, a guy like Fred Warner, I mean, we remember him coming in and, yeah, and playing as a freshman, and now he's a senior already. It's crazy. Yeah, so you say this when you see that, man, that kid's going to be here for four years. We get to watch him for four years, and then already it's gone, you know, and we're thinking the same thing about Kairos Tonga. He's a freshman. We're going to yeah. get to see him, or Butch Paula, you know, we're going to see him play for a while, and uh, already it's over. Yeah, it goes in a hurry. UMass is a team that BYU is familiar with after playing them last year, and Ty Detmer, the offensive coordinator, talked about the opportunities he feels the offense will have against the Minutemen defense. They're one of these teams where you watch them and they're slanting and blitzing and backers are hitting it from every angle and uh, safety blitz and um, they give you a lot to look at. It might be where they blow it up in the backfield, but then if you crease it, you're into the secondary. You know, there's second level a lot of times when they're when they're running their blitzes and stunts. If you get through that crease, you know, you have chance for a big one. So it's one of those things where as a play caller, you got to kind of stick with it because, you know, eventually the linemen start timing it up and figuring it out and, and you start getting some push but they mix their coverages they play a lot of man coverage especially on the outside with their corners do a really good job in coverage and so we've got to be ready to handle pressure and all the different blitz types of packages we're going to see Saturday because they they bring a lot of different stuff. Mark the word that comes to mind after hearing that is patience He's saying that there, there's opportunities for big plays, but we're going to have to keep at it because eventually if we keep running and um, executing the way that we know we can, eventually we're going to break one of those. Yeah. So if you beat the guy, that guy's a slant, and he slants into that gap, and you beat him to the gap, well, the guy next to him has already slanted another gap over. So that gives you a lot of room. That's what he's talking about when he says you find that crease. And uh, the reason they do that is because they still aren't comfortable. When a defense does all of these different kind of defensive stunts, they're going to try and force you to beat them. So they're going to do enough aggressive things on defense that you've got to make plays on offense to beat them. If not, you're going to swarm. They're going to swarm you, and they're going to get after you. And once they get that thing going, uh, they they get that confidence. So uh, that was the kind of style that uh, I think is uh, very good for a team that's still trying to build a defensive athletes. And so uh, they're going to take chances with the idea that uh, we're going to get as many that we win as opposed to not give up the big play on the your side. Coming up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you've got a question for Mark, you can tweet me at JSNShep. Use the hashtag AskLions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 15-10, touchdown, pick six, Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. 
Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you getting ready for BYU and UMass kickoff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Senior Day coming your way in just about 90 minutes. It's now time, Mark, for Ask Lyons. Opportunity for Cougar fans to ask the one and only Mark Lyons some questions. And our, our first question, Mark, comes from Kevin in Rochester, New York. And actually, wow. this is a uh, this is a question that I believe has been asked many, many times this week. Uh, but uh, Kevin wants to know from you, did Joe, speaking of Joe Critchlow, show you enough to say he should be the number one quarterback heading into the offseason? Uh, well, I w- I'm going to answer that uh, by the small sample that we've seen is a small sample. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we, get an- <laughs> we get another opportunity to see today. But... Uh, uh, I was very impressed. I was pleased with what he did last week. Uh, it also depends on who's going to be available to compete with him. And so uh, we just haven't seen Cody Wilstead a lot. I like Cody Wilstead in the fall. I thought he did a nice job. So we don't know. But he certainly doesn't have the experience right now that Joe does in playing these uh, final three games. Then uh, how's Hodge going to be? I think he's going to be okay. And uh, when we see the Hodge come back off of an injury, we have to wait and see. So I don't know. I want to see a little bit more before I'm going to say, yeah, he's the man. And number two, uh, I want to see who he's up against to see what uh, what they're going to deal with. But, uh, you know, uh, I really like the interview that they did on uh, sports. No, it was a, who was it that uh, had uh, Brian Billick on? Yeah, uh, BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, Sports Nation. Yeah, BYU so, TV. Yeah, and Brian Billick said it's important to come out of spring with one guy in the front. And uh, he said in the professional ranks, uh, you've got to have a quarterback that's going to be your starter. And everybody knows who that is. And uh, I uh, I think that's good. But I know also there are experiences that I've seen where uh, two guys can still go ahead and compete all the way to the fall. So... Uh, According to Brian Billick, who knows a heck, how many years? 30 years in football? Yeah. <laughs> he knows got to go stuff. with him. It's important to have a good guy that you know is going to be your starter. Uh, our next one, uh, Arthur from Spanish Fork. Which senior has improved the most from the beginning of his career to now? Um, Tijon. Tijon Caroma. He's a captain. You know, Fred Warner's a captain. Seniors and captains. Uh, those guys, uh, Fred Warner and Tijon. But here's what I like about Tijon that he's done. And Tijon uh, was a tough kid. He would finish every block with a push. And uh, every year, I, I bet he got three personal fouls. And uh, he was always a little bit more aggressive than you wanted him to be at times in the game. And does Tijon have a personal foul this year? I don't think so. I don't believe so. He did a terrific job these last two games. That combo block where he gets uh, helps with the guard and then gets to the linebacker. Against UNLV, that made the whole difference in the second half that Tijan was getting off the ball, getting to the linebacker, that inside linebacker, and sealing him off as so that uh, Squally was able to run right up the middle. And he also was very good at that against Fresno. And so the fact that now uh, he's playing the game and not so worried about beating somebody up and then also is able to get to that linebacker and make that block i think that uh, tijan's made a lot of improvement the one thing to add to what you were just mentioning beyond just what he's been able to do when he plays 
is the fact that he has played as much as he has. His durability. Yeah, you knew right. if there was a game, Tijon Caron was going to be in a lineup. And that is that's um, that doesn't always happen uh, nowadays. And you knew that he was going to be out there. And so to have that durability and that consistency, I think, is one of the things that I will remember Tijon the most for. Yeah, you're right. He makes all of those blocking line calls. Uh, man, and, and he's been there every week. You're right. All right, yeah. that's uh, Ask Lions. Appreciate the uh, the questions coming in. Again, and we've only got one more week to do this. So next week, if you'd like to get questions in before the game at Hawaii, uh, you can tweet me at JSN Shep. Don't forget, use the hashtag Ask Lions, A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. Mark, you're going to enjoy this when we come back. When we come back, my Shep Talk conversation with the one and only Johnny Linehan. That's coming up next. The Cougar Countdown <laughs> Show continues good. next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting ready for BYU and UMass. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you on Senior Day, final home game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, this week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU senior punter Johnny Linehan. Not only has Johnny been nails when it comes to his punting ability, and we're not even going to mention the play that shall not be named at Boise last year, (laughs) he is an absolute joy to be around and to talk to. Here's Shep Talk with Johnny Linehan. All right, Johnny, take me through this year. How's this year been for you? I mean, obviously it's no, it's, it's no uh, I guess, mistake that uh, people are obviously a bit disappointed about how this year's been. Um, and obviously it's been a bit rough to go out as a senior. Obviously no bowl game and, and haven't performed the way that we want to perform. But, man, just having one last season um, and coming back for another season with, with the brothers and with the guys, man, it would be something I'd do again, even though we haven't had as much success as we would have liked. So even though it's been rough, it's, it's been really nice to kind of just come back, get a few kicks, and just go out and have some fun. And, yeah, I mean, winning is obviously the main goal, but I feel like I've played well this year and can be happy with how I've performed, and at least that's a positive. I don't know if, if you looked at it this way. I looked at that win at UNLV. It looked like the team took a, a major step forward. Did, did you see it that way as well? Yeah, I mean, all this year, I think we've, we've been trying to obviously stay out of like the media and what the what some of the, the fans are saying um, about how kind of bad we've been playing this year. Because, man, we've put in so much work this, this off-season and even this season. And, and for it not to show on the field, it's been really frustrating, um, obviously for us and obviously for the fans as well. But just all our hard work, we felt like a lot of it's gone to waste. And so at UNRV, it was fun to kind of see things start clicking and uh, I know people are saying oh well it was only this it was only that whatever but for us to have that finally click and, and all those hours that we put in the off season, it was good and it was fun and it was enjoyable to see a lot of the guys having fun on the sidelines again and have smiles on their faces because we missed that. What did you think obviously Squally had a career day he was fantastic Joe gets his first start gets his first win what did you make of the offensive performance because it really felt like they were comfortable and clicking on all cylinders. Yeah yeah, no, the offense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of when they don't convert often, because because then I get to play. But I'm more of a fan when they don't convert when we're winning. So 
I mean, towards the end of the game, it would have been nice to maybe have a couple extra punts. But, uh, no, uh, it was awesome to see the offense move the ball freely and, and, again, just have fun, you know, just, like, score some touchdowns, make some great plays. And I feel like the whole season, especially with the start of the season, how it obviously went downhill pretty quick, we've been playing so tight. And so it was good to see guys just play loose and play football again. And uh, Joe Critchlow, I mean, he's my apprentice on the team. If you ask him, I'm his mentor. I mean, so. uh, no, you yeah. said that you're his mentor. Does he think oh, you're his mentor? You, you got to ask him yourself, but he will definitely he will definitely say that I'm his mentor, um, at least on the shuffleboard, but not not anything football wise. But uh, no, and it was fun to see Squally again. I mean, obviously Squally and and I came in together when he was playing scout team in 2015, and I knew I knew he was a baller, and uh, I've I've just been excited for him to have a breakout game, and he was running like mini Jamal, so it was fun to see that. As Joe's mentor, I don't know if you saw the uh, the video, or maybe you were right there. I, I can't remember if you were in the video that I saw. Were you? teaching him the dance moves that we saw yeah i wasn't in the video but i was behind the scenes yeah definitely that was those were definitely some of my dance moves yes I mean, oh. very white <laughs> but delightful yeah so it, it was good that was fun to see him excited and, and get to play you know a little leprechaun so that was fun the motto all year when there had been the struggles was we've got to win for the seniors as one of those guys and yes i understand it's one game at a time but what would it mean as a senior to be able to end this year possibly on a three-game winning streak yeah i mean we're all competitive athletes so we winning is like the main thing i mean we're we, none of us i think have lost as many games ever in our lives as we have this season i sure haven't and so losing is, is taking its toll but it's it'll be really really positive really good to go out with these last couple of wins and obviously focusing on umass because they've played some really good football this year they're not going to be the same team as they were last year they're going to be a lot better a lot tougher so we definitely got to focus on that one but especially a last win at home man that'll be awesome and and i can't think of going out any other way so hopefully we get it done how much time have you allowed yourself to think about playing your final home game at lavelle edwards stadium um i mean i'm still talking with compliance to try to get another year <laughs> of uh, eligibility back <laughs> no i i haven't really like taking time to reflect on it but obviously my wife Marissa she's kind of been through the senior night in her, in her sport soccer and so she's told me how much it sucks <laughs> and so it's gonna it's gonna stink um, obviously and 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 you never see the end when you begin and when you go into the season so it's gonna be really hard um, but at the same time it's it's time to move on let the others you know go out and, and see what they can do and and uh, so while it's gonna stink I'll always be a part of BYU football and cheering them on and it's just been fun to put my imprint in the sand for a little while. What are your plans post-BYU? Yeah, obviously I'm going to train as hard as I can and, and hopefully impress some scouts at Pro Day. Um, and, and I think I, I can with the more traditional style kick. And I mean, it's it's quite interesting. Like every year I've played, I've just seemed to be getting better and better and, and in the stats at least. Um, and my confidence level is obviously only going up. And so I think I have a real shot if I can put in that work and just show consistency at Pro Day. But I also have accepted a full-time offer to start in January at a company called Ubiquity Networks in Draper. And so if it doesn't work out football-wise, I'm going to be set. And that's the main thing, being able to support the family. But it'd be nice to support the family and play football and get a few extra zeros on the end of the paycheck (laughs) but we'll see your story is obviously unique with the rugby background do you remember your first day as a football player uh, well, it's interesting because, like, my first day as a football player, I, I think I was playing corner, right, in 2013. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And so I just remember not knowing anything. I think when, like, Coach Hal, uh, as the position coach, I mean, everyone who played under him knows he was, like, really intense, really, like, knew his defense and wanted everyone to know his defense. And I went in, I didn't even know, like, what a linebacker was or 
whatever, you know, I didn't know what a mic was. When they were talking about Mike, yeah, you go for the mic or whatever. It's like, I thought they were talking about Mike Davis. <laughs> so, like, they gave us, like, a test. It was, like, 50 questions on, like, coverages. And I got zero out of 50, right? I just think I was like, oh, cover three. I think I've heard that before. But that was all obviously wrong. But that was, like, yeah, kind of like my first taste in it. And I knew I wanted to play. I just knew I would probably never play, at least as a DB. Um, but then when I got the opportunity to come on again to play as a punter, I don't remember, like, the first day. I just remember the experience and just being like, man, this is fun. This is going to be awesome, and, and it has been awesome. All right, let's wrap up with the final four. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, life cereal, the cinnamon Ooh. flavored. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. You're the second person, by the way, that's, uh, that said that. I, I, it may have been Kesney Talsinga that really? said it. Yeah, so you guys are on the same page. It's funny. Every night at around 11... At night, I have a bowl of that cereal. I'm not even lying. You know, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to eat that late at night, especially sugary cereal. Well, I'm a punter. I mean, what are they gonna? What are they gonna do? I have to run like five yards on the field and usually walk off. So it's good. All right, next question. Uh, who's your favorite Disney character? Aladdin. Mm. It just came to mind. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like much for those movies, but Aladdin's kind of cool, you know, flying on his magic carpet, mm-hmm. getting the girl. Mm-hmm. Matt Bushman said Aladdin. Really? He actually said Jasmine first, then Aladdin. Jasmine, see, that that's something that, that Matt would say. He probably said Jasmine, then was like, oh, his girlfriend's probably not going to like that. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, when they make your, and I'm really curious how this one turns out, when they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? The Rock. He might be old by then, but I feel like that, that best resembles me. Someone that's intense and just good-looking, get the girls, and just chiseled. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that. I, really, when you walked in, I'm like, is that The Rock? No. Um, so, all right, last question. Uh, what is the best part about playing football for BYU? I've just enjoyed uh, just interacting with, with the fans. That's probably been the coolest part about it. I mean, ever as a little kid, you have your idols, you have your sports idols. And I don't consider myself an idol for anyone or any kids. But I, I know that some kids probably do like see me as like a role model, someone that they look up to. I've had people come up and say, man, I want to be like you when I get older. I don't know how smart that is of them, but it's been a really fun position to be in, just have, having like kids look up to you and, and the community kind of look up to you. And, and it's been neat to try and just be an example of what BYU stands for and being playing through football. Like that's, that's been a great way to exemplify that. So that's probably my favorite part. Can we expect any uh, original songs created by you before uh, you wrap up? up your career BYU? Probably not before I wrap up my career, but there will be a, definitely be some uh, original tweets. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Johnny, you're the best, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Mark, Johnny is the best. Johnny Linehan, he's unique, he's hilarious, and he's a heck of a punter. Boy, he's got a great attitude, doesn't he? You know, life has to be fun with Johnny Linehan, so uh, I really appreciate uh, that he did give up a year of rugby, his main sport, in order to come out and be a kicker, and he always talks about being with the boys. That's right. So uh, I hope they give him a chance to drop kick an extra point today, uh, the first thing. And the second thing is I hope they give him a chance maybe to be successful on faking a punt. Oh. He has to have one in his life, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, if there were <laughs> – that would be one way to go out if you're Johnny Linhan at yeah. home. That would be awesome. That, that would be cool. All right, coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Cougar Pregame Live. We'll also visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is the new skin BYU Sports Network.
Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard with you, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me from LaBelle Edwards Stadium for Nate's Notes. You'll also hear from the head coach of the Minutemen, Mark Whipple. It's all coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, but we always like to do it here. Always enjoy our visit with the voice. It's brought to you by Harper's Homemade Bread, all natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, uh, it's going to be a busy and fun day with a doubleheader of football and basketball. Here we go. We got my mic up go. now. Yep, we'll be together uh, all day long today from a morning till night. Uh, looking forward to it. That's right. So it's interesting. Like these, the, the beginning of these interviews has always been about, okay, you just got done talking with Kalani Satake. And a lot of times we were, the first question was, who's going to be quarterback? Well, we know who's going to be the quarterback, uh, but it looks like uh, BYU is going to get an addition to the, uh, the running back court today. What, what did you find out in talking with Kalani? They get a running back back. And that's uh, K.J. Hall. Squally Canada is still the lead back. He'll be the main man. But uh, K.J. is available, and it hasn't been available since the first half of the San Jose State game when he had that breakout 150-plus yard performance in the first 30 minutes against the Spartans, has been injured and not played the last two and a half games, really. So he is back today. Still no Ula Tolutau, by the way, but uh, K.J. Hall does reinforce the running back crew. So uh, between uh, Canada, uh, Kafensis, and Hall, and Al-Bakri, uh, those are your top four backs today, and that's good news. And again, no, no questions today about the quarterback because you know who your guy is now, and it'll be Joe Critchlow expected to go uh, all the way today. I'm guessing Kalani has some concern about his opponent today much being much improved over last year's team. He does think it's going to be a trench game, and I guess you could say most are, but uh, he really did think O-line, D-line, D-line, O-line. The winner of those respective battles will carry the day today, and he hopes that that's his team and thinks they're equipped to be that team. Mm-hmm. But uh, UMass is a team that on the year averages about twice as many points per game as BYU. The Cougar offense has come alive of late, but UMass has really been scoring it from the start of the season on. They really haven't had too many uh, dips in terms of productivity. They've lost some games. They lost some close games, but they really haven't been handled and, and and held down and blown out in any game. And BYU's had a few of those, and UMass has not. In fact, UMass has only lost one game all year by more than 10 points, and that was the 34-23 setback at Mississippi State. And they led in Starkville late, late into the second quarter in that one. I think they led at halftime. Led at halftime, uh, yeah. tied in the third, yeah. So, you know, they've, they've, they have not had the record they'd like to have. They've not had, uh, you know, the success they'd want to see. But they haven't been, uh, you know, like I say, a bad football team all year. BYU's had its moments where, like, man, they've got to be so much better than they are. But UMass has just lost some high-scoring games is the best way to put it. Mark and I were discussing this earlier, Greg, and I'm curious your take on this. Last week at UNLV, a, a really solid performance offensively, not just from Joe, but as, you know, obviously career day for Squally. The receivers were making plays of what we saw last week, and not necessarily specifically in the numbers, but from an execution standpoint. How much of what we saw last week offensively from BYU do you expect to be duplicated today? Well, I, I'm not sure if conditions will uh, lead for uh, you know allow for a gla- exact duplication because a lot of what BYU did last week was uh, was game script oriented. The Cougars weren't trailing last week. The Cougars went through a scoreless first 15, but didn't trail. And in all of in all of BYU's wins this year, there've only been only three, but they've not trailed in any of them. So there was a time when BYU kind of had as its hallmark uh, the the ability to to come from behind and and win games. In fact, there was a stretch where BYU was in the double digit 
consecutive wins, having been behind at some point in that game. Well, this year it's not been that way. They've been good front runners, and BYU in playing with a first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter lead in the Sitaka era, and even dating back through Ola Bronco, have been an excellent front running team, more than uh, better than average when it comes to, to playing from in front. So whether the game script will allow for exact duplication, uh, Jason, I don't know, but I do know that what it did last week was allow Squally Canada to carry the ball 25 times. And the previous week, he carried it 12 and looked good against Fresno State. But what was the difference there? It was the game script. BYU was playing from behind in Fresno, playing with the lead at UNLV. And as such, it was a game in which Joe Critchlow didn't have to throw a lot. 22 times, 14 completions. He was very good, but he didn't have to be a guy throwing it 35, 40 times. And so the way BYU played the game led for the script that had Squally be the main man and run it 25 times. But of the things you'd like to see repeated from last week to this week and these are kind of uh, kind of drilling it down more analytics based stats but it was BYU's season high in play success rate last week it was their season high in percentage of available yards gained it was their season high in number of drives and percentage of drives with two plus first downs it was their season high in average yards gained on first down and it was the best starting field position of the season as well if you can do even you know three of those five things today you'll be in really good shape you do all five you're going to win again no doubt Let's pump it up, Greg, because I'm worried about the crowd. And uh, what better day? It's a perfect day out there, and it's the final home game for a lot of these seniors. you got to pay their respect. BYU fans shouldn't need the pumping up. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sunny Saturday, but it's crisp fall football weather. It's the last day for the seniors. Come on come on out. Yeah, fill the stands and say goodbye to these guys who've uh, gutted it out this season. It's been a dip year for BYU. We all know that. But, yeah, the, the respect has been earned, and, uh, and hopefully we'll see a good number of fans in the stands today uh, to send these guys out the right way. A couple of quick notes. If you're looking for number three, Jonah Trineman, you're not going to find him today. Well, you'll find him, but he won't be in number three. He'll be in number seven. Oh. So with Bo Hodge out for the year, uh, Jonah has uh, annexed the, uh, the number seven jersey for the end of the year. It's, it's, it's the number he likes, and he's never had it because of Bo. So with Bo gone, he said he don't mind if I... Uh, and so he'll be wearing number seven oh. for, the, for the last two games of this season today in Hawaii. And uh, Gavin Fowler, who holds on, on all the place kicks, so you'll see him a lot today, and you do all the time, he'll be wearing Grant Jones's jersey. Not just the number, but the jersey itself. So Grant Jones, one of the 18 seniors, not able to play, done with injury due to the uh, for the year. So Gavin Fowler will be in Grant Jones' number 37 jersey with Jones on the back. That'll be something to note yeah. today. But Jonah will have his name, but now the new number seven today. So a couple of programming notes for you there. Awesome. Very cool. Greg, thanks as always. Great stuff. Uh, we'll hear you. And Mark, thank you so much for uh, for your help during the Cougar Countdown Show. We hope both of you coming up in about 30 minutes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chef. You bet. That's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar Pregame Live. That starts right now. You're listening to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Shep with you, the BYU Cougars, getting ready to face the UMass Minutemen. Coming up, you're going to hear from their head coach. Before we get to Nate's notes, though, let's pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio.
We always start Cougar pregame live out with Nate's Notes. It's brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at choosenissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me. Are you bundled up uh, today? A- again, great weather in terms of like sunny, but it's uh, it's chilly out there, isn't it, Nate? You know, it's brisk, and you see the <laughs> snow up on the beautiful mountains here. As a player, th- this is not too bad, though. It's it's when you're at South Bend, and it's like minus 5, and the wind blowing, and it's snowing, that the mm-hmm. weather starts to be a factor. I don't think today it'll be that big of a deal for these guys. Looking back on last Friday at UNLV, what were your overall impressions of Joe Critchlow? Yeah, I thought he managed the game very well, and I can't wait to see what he does this week. Kind of like Greg was saying, it, he followed the game plan perfectly, and it fit perfectly. Everything worked out. I'm curious to see today how he does uh, in a different setting. One thing about, you know, I compare Joe Critchlow to Tanner Mangum, and Tanner is just a gunslinger. His check down is throw it deep, and I was reminded last week of a game at Utah State in 2015. I'm sitting post-game with Bronco Mendenhall, and, and Bronco's, like, pulling his hair out. And BYU had just finished winning 51-28. to But it was a game that was just, like, it was it was teetering the whole time, and the BYU offense couldn't get any consistent drives going. That's kind of crazy when you score 51 points. But it was, like, three and out, three and out, long touchdown. Three and out, three and out, long touchdown. And... To me, that just kind of like symbolizes Tanner Mangum. He's just a big play guy. Sometimes you don't move it as methodically and uh, as consistently. You don't get in a rhythm, but he will make that big play. And that was kind of the opposite of Joe Critchlow last week. Joe was just like, keep the chains moving, nothing too spectacular. He did have a couple nice throws, of course, a couple deep balls. Uh, So all that said, I'm curious today to see if if Joe is that guy, if he's just the methodical, keep the chains moving, uh, consistent guy, and if he can do that today. Speaking of keeping the chains moving, Squally Canada was an absolute stud against the Rebels, and he's been very productive the past two games. What's been the difference that's led to that turnaround? Yeah, Squally's really interesting right now. You know, I look at some of his earlier games this season. So against Portland State, he had 99 yards rushing on 16 carries. And then at LSU, he got five carries. At Utah, for eight yards. At Utah, he got zero. Wisconsin, he got three carries for nine yards. Utah State, he got 12 for 70 yards. Boise State, eight carries. And then he goes two games in a row with no carries, and he had some injuries and stuff there. San Jose State, he gets 10 for 44. And then kind of the breakout game, again, was the Fresno game, where he only got 12 carries, but basically all came in the second half, and he had 84 yards. And then last week was the big breakout game, UNOV 25 carries, 214 yards. And I thought it was funny post-game when we're interviewing Squally, and we say, Squally, you know, you had a good game. Uh, you had an even better game than you had last week. And he said, no, I didn't. I just got twice as many carries as I got last <laughs> week. I had the same game this week as I had last week. And I think Squally's point is like, hey, just give me the ball. Give me the ball, and I'll pick up some yards. And I'm excited to watch him again today. UMass has a uh, pretty good offense. And like BYU last year, they, they played close games this season. What stands out to you about the Minutemen team that BYU will face today? Well, yeah, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to you is the scores of their games. You know, you lose by three, lose by ten, lose by ten, lose by eight. Play Tennessee in the SEC and lose by four. Lose by eight to Ohio. And then like uh, Greg and Mark have talked about, that Mississippi State game, you know, I mean, a tie at three quarters. They they lose by nine. Or excuse me, they lose by eleven. Uh, BYU lost to Mississippi State by twenty five. So this is a team that, of course, can beat you. They got a quarterback that can throw it. He's thrown for five thousand yards in his last twenty games. They got a running back who can rush it. He's rushed for twenty six hundred yards. They've got a receiver that can catch it. He's got fifteen hundred. He's got fifteen hundred yards in his last twenty one games. 
So, again, this is a team that has had some hard luck, tough losses. It's a team that can beat you. They score 30 a game, but they give up 200 on the ground. So another yep. reason why I'm looking for Squally to have a good game. Well, in the in the Cougar Countdown show, we had uh, we had Josh Maurer, the play-by-play voice of the Minutemen, and he said that, I mean, look at just look at the numbers, the numbers that you referenced in terms of the rushing defense. He says, if I'm BYU, I'm running the ball as much as I possibly can. That is their Achilles heel for sure. 200 yards on the ground average. I mean, that's not just like every once in a while you give up 200. That means you're giving up, you know, 300 sometimes. You're you're right around 200. That's a lot of yards to be giving up on the ground. Today is senior day. 18 Cougars will be honored prior to the game. You've obviously been through this day. What's it like for a player to be involved in your final home game? Yeah, so there are lots of moments that I remember as a player. And, you know, the... And Mark referenced earlier his first game, and I still remember my first game coming on the field. Uh, Ty Willingham, Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. It was the only moment in my life that I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. It felt like a dream. And then, uh, and Senior Day is kind of one of those games too, where uh, it's just you always remember the last time on the field. For me, uh, my fiance. Well, she was my fiance yet, but I knew. She, well, I hoped she would be. Uh, became soon. Was on the field dancing. You were laying the so groundwork for that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, making it happen, playing, you got to play well to make that happen. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you don't you don't forget those moments. And even last week at UNLV, UNLV is where I played my last uh, football game because that's where we, we played Oregon in the bowl game 2006. And so I was reminiscent about that last week. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those moments you're never going to forget as a player. And that's sad when you're playing the game. Man, it's just football. And so when you're playing – it's just you got all your emotion and energy and passion into the game. Uh, it's hard to get a little nostalgic as long as the game is close. Of course, uh, in 2006, we had one of the best all-time home records. I mean, we beat teams by an average of like 30 a game. So there was plenty of time to reminisce kind of in that game. I expect it to be close today. And, uh, yeah, it's just I hope they can soak it up, and it's, it's going to be one they'll hopefully never forget. I asked Mark last hour or actually it was part of our Ask Lions segment, so it was one of our uh, one of the Cougar fans that was asking Mark, which senior did did they think, um, or did he think was made the most progress from the first year to now? Mark ended up going with Tijon. Obviously, a lot of people probably would say Fred Warner. Do you, do you have an opinion on that? Would you go with either of those two, or is there anybody else that comes to mind on who made the most improvement from day one to now being a senior? Uh, improvement's tough for guys like Fred and Tijon just because they were so dang good to begin right. with. Um, I'll go with, you know, I love watching Fred all these years. Uh, Tijon has kind of a special place in my heart because his Did high you guys school, share the same bicep size? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're just the same, me and Tijon, <laughs> right? Walk, you know, you, you meet us in the hallway and you can't tell us apart. Tijon has the best offensive line high school highlight tape I've ever seen. I don't share a lot of high school offensive line highlight tapes with my friends, but I did share his probably like 30 times because it is incredible. And so I've been, but he didn't get, he wasn't highly recruited because he was short, right? And he wasn't that heavy. He's only like 250 in high school. So watching him kind of fill out and then bring that edge and nastiness and toughness uh, to the BYU offensive line start for four years. It's been a really fun journey with Tijon. And if you guys want to go watch his high school highlight tape, I'm telling you it's 10 minutes worth your time. It's incredible to watch a high school offensive lineman pancake that many people. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's been fun to watch. And I was talking with Mark about his durability. Like I said earlier, when there was a game, you knew Tijon was going to be there at center, and that's that's one of the things that will stand out in my mind regarding Tijon. Nate, great stuff. Enjoy this one. It's always a fun day. It's a gorgeous day outside and should be a fun game. Thanks, man. Great. Thanks, Chef. You bet. On the other side, my conversation with UMass head coach Mark Whipple. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Stops for the end zone. Kick me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Shep with you, getting you ready for the Cougars and the Minutemen. And speaking of UMass, earlier this week, week, I talked with the head coach of the UMass Minutemen, Mark Whipple. Here's our conversation. Your Minutemen sit at 3-7 and seven, heading into the matchup with BYU. You've won three of four, though. So what are your overall thoughts on this season to this point? We just couldn't find a way to make a play early in the year in the fourth quarter. We were in every game, and... You know, the break helped us. I think uh, we got a chance to just meet with the players individually and gave them some time off. And, you know, since uh, we came back in the second half, we've uh, made more plays on defense and and, uh, been on point, uh, especially in the offensive line on offense, and uh, made more plays both sides. And obviously our, our kicker got healthy. And uh, who didn't? And he's uh, been been good, and you know helped us uh, gain a couple wins here. You referenced uh, close games, and and it's funny because BYU was like you last year in terms of being in a lot of close games. And I realize it's certainly all about winning, but does the fact that you're still competing in this does that help soften the blow? Or as a coach, it's like it's win, or it doesn't matter. No, I mean you play to win the game, but you you know there's performance. I mean. When you play Mississippi State away, and obviously you guys were there, and Tennessee away, and Florida away, and South Carolina away, and BYU away, I mean, they've got, all you have to do is look at the budget, and you can see how much more they have than us. But um, our guys will compete, and, you know, you, you want to get them, you know, we just, we're getting closer. We got more players. We got younger players that have grown up a lot more, and our freshmen have gotten better from the break, and that's helped us. And um, you know, so there's a little more confidence than maybe we had uh, certainly uh, last year at this point. You're one of the programs that, like BYU, understands what it's like to be an independent. Schedule as an independent. How has independence treated you so far? Well, the, the schedule's certainly tougher than when we were in the MAC, but it's it's allowed us. I think it's helped our recruiting. Now, the fact that we got better recruits, just they're just not ready to play. You know, we've got them out there playing, and some of them are starting to play well. So it's it certainly is is, is helped in, uh, with the schedule that we play, and you know, gain the attraction you know from from the recruits, and um, you know, we just got to try to get a few more wins, which we have this year. Talking with UMass head coach Mark Whipple here on Cougar Pregame Live. Your offensive playmakers coach have certainly been impressive. Brenneman, Isabella have all played very well. I believe your pass offense is 19th best in the nation. How do you look at what your offense has been able to do this year? You know, obviously with any offense that starts up front and those guys, you know, we we only have one senior on offense. That's Adam Brenneman, who's a great leader and, uh, you know, tremendous player. Um and so it kind of revolves around him, but the younger guys have grown up, um, and the rest of those guys have played, made some plays. Marquise has been a lot, 
more three down back, understands protections, and can can be explosive. And Andy Isabella has made a bunch of explosive plays against everybody. And, you know, Brenneman kind of holds everybody together. And we, We've got our quarterback back, um, Andrew Ford, who didn't play against Mississippi State, but, you know, his will have two weeks under his belt and played last week. So we're, we're happy about that. How do you look at the defensive side of the football for you guys? Well, I think that the, the, the secondary play has, has really improved. Um, we're healthier. Early in the year, we didn't have a couple of defensive linemen. Those guys have come back. Our corner play has been solid. Uh, you know, we lost to Ohio 58-50, and unfortunately we lost four corners in that game. But the break helped us, so, um, you know, we're able to play a little bit more nickel and dime, which we weren't able to mid-year. And, um, you know, we've got some freshmen coming in and spilling and spelling some of the some of the some of the defensive players, so that always helps. And uh, you know these fourth quarter games, which I'm I'm sure we're going to have against uh, BYU. Coach Sataki, and one of the storylines out here, has he's talked a lot about still trying to find the identity, and I, I think he feels better as the season has gone on that he's starting to get an idea of what the identity of his team is. What do you think the identity of your team is? I, I, I think we're a resilient group. I think I, th- I thought our guys were resilient last year. I think that's carried over. I think we we. Our guys like to play the game. We're practicing better than we than we have. You know, it's late in the season, and uh, you know we got a bunch of guys that that are, are excited over the chance to, to to maybe make amends for you know our poor second half performance last week against BYU. So they're fun to be around, and um, you know I, I see some some really good leadership from the seniors, and we'll need that uh, you know against um, the Cougars. Where do you feel you've improved the most as a team from? The team that came to Provo last year versus the one that will uh, will be here on Saturday. I, I think this is a, a maturity. I, I think our skill is a little bit better. You know, on the on the perimeter, our guys are growing up. I think obviously the, the quarterback has played now for for two years, and uh, you know, Andy's was a, Isabella was a running back in high school, and he's understanding the pass game. And we, we've got five or six guys that can play wide receiver that have been in the system now a couple of years. We do have a couple of freshmen that'll play uh, on defense. I, you know, we have a new defensive coordinator and I have to, you know, with just a little things with alignment and assignment that hurt us earlier. And I think we're functioning and practicing at, at a much better level on that side of the ball. Without question, this is definitely not the same BYU team from a personnel standpoint that you faced last season. What are your overall thoughts on this Cougar team? No, I, I, I mean, uh, they, they played a really good game last week. Uh, obviously, they've got a new quarterback, and they're going to run the ball when Canada's back. Um, you know, they've got two good running backs, and their offensive line has come together. You know, so I'm impressed. You know, we, we can't make the mistakes we made last year and hand them the game. So, you know, we obviously would like to get ahead, and I think that always puts a little more pressure on a quarterback when you're playing from behind. So that's what our plan is. But, uh, you know, obviously BYU's defense is going to have to say something about it. And what we've done on, on our defense is, is take the ball away, and we need to do that on Saturday. We're going to win the turnover margin. I am curious. You mentioned the, the new quarterback, Joe Critchlow. I'm, I'm curious just your thoughts in the one start that he had. No, very, very poised. I was impressed. Um, I, I thought with his management, just the way he carried himself, uh, threw the ball really well. You know, so it was a, you know, he certainly didn't look like a freshman. And, um, you know, we got to try to get him off of the, out of the pocket and try to get him off his uh, platform. And, um, you know, we'll see what we can do. But I was impressed with him. He reminded me of uh, the Jake Bentley kid that we played against uh, in South Carolina last year that was a true freshman that's, that's having a good career. 
Mark Whipple, he's the head coach of the UMass Minutemen. They will take on the BYU Cougars coming up in just a little while. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, great. See you now. All right, we'll wrap up Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you, getting you ready for BYU and UMass on Senior Day. Again, don't forget, 18 seniors will be honored prior to this afternoon's football game. Before we wrap things up, though, let's update you on one game involving a top 25 team. That would be number three Miami hosting Virginia, the fighting Bronco Mendenhalls. At one point in this game, Virginia actually led the Hurricane 14 to nothing. I was about to tell you that Virginia was up 28 to 21, but then Miami had a pick six, and the point uh, after is pending right now. Virginia has a 28 27 lead over Miami, just under 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. So Bronco and the Virginia Cavaliers looking to make uh, possibly an upset over number three Miami. That now is tied 28 to 28. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. The ball's loose on a fumble, and the Cougars have recovered. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and for the final time this season, welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, for Senior Day 2017, as the 3-8 Cougars host the 3-7 Minutemen of UMass, a pair of a home for the holidays, FBS independents looking to end their seasons on positive notes. BYU's won two of its last three, UMass three of its last four. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel, joined in the broadcast booth by my longtime commentary colleague and former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash himself, Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, in this season of uh, so many unanticipated and unwelcome developments, frankly, a late-season discovery has been made, a pleasant one, and that is BYU may have found its next long-term signal caller, freshman Joe Critchlow, made his first career start, a winning one last week at UNLV, and he really looked the part. It didn't try to do too much, didn't have to do too much, but did more than enough to help his team to a big road win, and the Cougars indeed appeared to rally behind Critchlow all over the field. The Tennessee Redhead seemed to inspire what was arguably a BYU's best all-around effort of the season. Well, Greg, it's always good to leave Vegas a winner. You know, and BYU's been doing that year after year. They beat the odds all the time, and so uh, that was another good opportunity for BYU to be able to show what they can do down there in Sin City, but they played a solid game against an improving UNLV team who you just told me beat uh, New Mexico last night. They did. And so uh, they come back with another victory. Certainly it was a mild upset, but BYU dominated 
both sides of the line of scrimmage. And that's what I think is important for them today, to be able to continue to do that. Because of that, good things happen. Kalani agrees with you, by the way. That's what he said was the game today. Yeah, I I think that's... uh, And and BYU was really good against UNLV. Joe Critchlow did a solid job. I thought he mixed up his throws really well. He had uh, some long ball completions and was very accurate, particularly in the first half, going 10 of 14 and helped give BYU that halftime lead. And uh, they were able to always continue each time uh, Las Vegas would uh, catch a you know, score, BYU was able to keep that lead. I liked uh, Joe's confidence. He audibled to uh, throw a ball for a completion for a first down. His head was in the game. You know, I thought he was always aware of what needed to get done. And so I really liked him. I thought he was great. And, uh, yeah, the only trouble is now, now you got to do it again. you got to go out there and, and beat somebody again. Now, early this year, he was still a return missionary, but having three months of practice, I think he's seasoned and he was ready to play. He certainly showed that as uh, he went out and had lots of poise. Now, what's going to happen today, you know, this is not the same UMass team that BYU played last year, even though many of their playmakers are back. It's interesting to see how this is going to go today. They're a better opponent this time around, that's for sure. And they're also, BYU's dealing with Senior Day, last home game. I have a great quote by Mike Singletary, big star linebacker with the Bears. Do you know what my favorite thing of this game is? It's the opportunity to play. And here you go. You have this chance to finish your career here at BYU. These guys are not going to ever line up on this field again after this game. So I think it's such a terrific thing for them to be able to have that career that they had and then to be able to still finish it up with a win today. Greg, driving down, saw a little snow on top of Timpanogos. Uh, A little chill in the air. Had to stop for hot chocolate. Reminded me of the times that we would go in November over to Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, and stop for a hot chocolate on the way. I tell you, it's all great, good, good, good memories. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. There it is. Coming up next, we'll hear what BYU head coach Kalani Zatake has to say on this senior day as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Rushing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Two of college football's four FBS independents playing in Provo today. BYU and UMass meeting in the second of four scheduled games between these two programs. The final two games in the series will be played back east in each of the next two years. Uh, the Cougars will visit UMass next season at the home of the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Where some former BYU players turned Patriots, just might be on hand to oh, watch yeah. the little team in person. We'll see how that uh, schedule shakes out next year. Uh, the 2017 season winding down for the Cougars, who will see their uh, 12-year bowl streak come to an end, with only next week's a trip to Hawaii serving as a small reward for the struggles of the season. But today, the Cougars play for 18 seniors who will suit up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the final time, and in one case, at least Grant Jones not really suit up, but be coming out to be honored. Uh, particular memory that uh, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake has from his playing days Yes, indeed, he was a BYU senior once upon a time. And a few minutes ago here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the Cougar locker room, I talked with Kalani about his senior day recollections along with present day thoughts. And we had our chat a short time ago. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I um, we weren't going to a bowl game at that time too. So uh, and it was the Lavelle's last year, and and um, but it was our first game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and my last game in the stadium. And um, you know, back then you had to win seven games to go to a bowl game, and I just felt really. Uh, it was it was a hard game to control your emotions because uh, you knew it was it was the last time you know so um, I think I think speaking from experience I'd be able to help these guys out with it and we happen to have a lot of guys on our on our staff and support staff that uh, have played in these type of games and so um, you know we want to use uh, use it as motivation and get these guys ready to play and just let them have fun because uh, you know it, it, eventually this is the inevitable it comes to an end eventually and this is a this is the end for them. This, this, uh, this, you know, in the stadium, and so uh, let's have great memories. I, I remember playing against New Mexico, and I remember winning that game, and I remember so much about that game, but it was really insignificant, you know, to a lot of other people. But to me, it meant the world. And every time I drive by the stadium to and from work, uh, it still gives me the chills. And so, um, and every time I step on this field for the, you know, for games and uh, scrimmages, it still gives me that feeling. So. I know what these guys are going through, and uh, use use it to motivate them. President Hinckley was in the in the in the stadium that day, and in your locker room that day. He was, and it was a it was a great moment. I mean, just loved the uh, loved the whole um, environment, and atmosphere there, and the fans. And so it's a, it's the last time for our fans to see, you know, guys like Fred Warner that's played a lot of plays, and Tijon Caroma that have been here for four years and poured their heart out. And so I think it's. It's uh, only fitting that they could be able to do it again in front of the fans and, and uh, have a great time doing it. What do you want to get out of your guys today on this special day? Well, just continue what we did last week, you know, play consistently and, and motivated. And, uh, they've been doing that all, all, all season long, but also remind our coaches to, to, you know, let it fly a little bit, you know, and um, don't be con- too conservative. And uh, let's just find ways to get our guys in the best position to win. And that's that's what it comes down to. And usually that means you're leaning on heavily on on the experienced guys and seniors, and it's fitting that it should happen on senior day. T. John Caroma makes his 50th start today. And when you consider the position he plays and how he rarely subs out, I, mean, I don't know if anybody can say they've they played more snaps than him by the time he's done. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I mentioned that a little bit in the show last week, or earlier this week, and, and I, I just don't think anyone uh, will really ever recognize how much he's meant to BYU football the last four years. And um, all the snaps that he's he's had, and all the plays that and he's gone through, yeah, and he's uh, <laughs> a guy that that a lot of people said was maybe too small to begin with, you know, and now he's grown and and um, you know, literally, and and uh, he's matured a lot. So, uh, just really proud of him, and and uh, just looking forward to giving him that 50th start as a win. You mentioned, and we're not going to mention every senior, but you brought up uh, Fred Warner, and this is his last. But he and T. John are unique because they basically played four years without interruption they came in in 2014 leaving in 2017 they pretty much got all the way together yeah and 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 um both of them played as true freshmen and uh so it's 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 cool that they're they're going to be there for the coin toss as captains you know and um it's the way it should be for a lot of these guys and they come in as freshmen to i think maybe even their own individual accomplishments uh, have you know exceeded what they expected to do but uh, for BYU fans, I think they appreciate a lot of them. I, we went through the Cougar Walk and saw all the fans, and how much they appreciate you know both both Tijan and and uh, Fred and all the other seniors. So it'll be a lot of fun tonight uh, today. Okay, on this day where we talk a lot about experienced guys, it's an interesting thing that every offensive touchdown your team has scored this year has been scored by a non-senior, which means that bodes well for the future. Yeah, and that I mean we 
Well, although we do um, graduate some seniors uh, this year, there's there's a lot of young guys that have contributed and and made big plays for us, and and have gained valuable experience. And so, you know, I'm I'm excited for for these seniors to go out, but I also excited by the example that they've set for the young guys and the underclassmen are ready to grow. And and looking to see what Joe Critchell can do as a second start, you know, being a true freshman and a guy that's fresh off a mission. A candidate for a senior touchdown today. We haven't had any senior touchdowns this year. I guess Jonah would be one of those guys. Yeah, and then if you ask the three in, in interior alignment, they'd, lo- they'd like a <laughs> touchdown too. So I think everybody wants a touchdown. And so if, we, if we're worried about who to get touchdowns at the end of the that'd game, then that would be a good thing. Yeah. So let's hope we get there. <laughs> okay, a few thoughts about this UMass team that comes in. They won three of four, uh, scoring a lot of points right now. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, I mean, they have a quarterback that can sling the rock, you know, and he, he did that against us early. Um, we gave him some different looks, and I think we we were able to control it mostly at the front of the, with the uh, with the D line. So, um, well coached team. Uh, you know, Coach Whipple's been around a long time, so um, I think they they know that they have a the system that they're trying to run. It's a little mix between pro style and spread, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to need to run the ball, and we need to stop them, and that's what it's going to come down to. So that's it for you then, the run game against the run? Yeah, and I think we we need to control the line of scrimmage. Our O-line against their D-line and our D-line against their O-line. If we, if we can dominate both sides, then we'll be good. Okay, uh, the coin toss has been tails 11 times in 11 games. You don't get the call today. That's up to UMass. But if it goes tails again, can you already promise to call tails at Hawaii to go 13 for 13? That's probably just a definite, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one, Kalani. We'll talk to you post-game. Appreciate it, Greg. Go Cougs. All right, that's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our preview of BYU and UMass rolls on from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! Is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah. As today, a spectacular, sunny, crisp Saturday. Our Cougar Sports doubleheader kicks off with BYU home to UMass on the gridiron. Later tonight, the Cougar Hoopsters hosting UT Arlington. So a long day of BYU sports ahead, and we're excited to get it underway with you on this football senior day. I'm Greg Grubel, sitting alongside my commentary partner, Mark Lyons. Our engineer is Barry Squires, spotters Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski down on the field. Four Former Cougar, wide receiver, return man, and academic American, Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate joining us a bit later on in our pregame show. Jason Shepard is our studio host and our control board operator all day long. Just like Shep doing double duty is Carter Malloy. Our broadcast interns are Michael Shreve and Tommy Johnson. And our special broadcast booth guests today are Clayton and Elise Erickson of Les Olson Company and Greg and Jackson Rose. Good to have you along with us on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our satellite radio flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM. 
143 over the air on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. We're heard on BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho and around the world online at BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, or the TuneIn Radio app. So wherever you are today with us, so glad you're along making us part of your sports Saturday. Well, among the many seniors saying so long to the home fans today is a player who has arguably, as I said with Kalani, maybe played more snaps and made more snaps than any other player in BYU history. Since he started every game of his BYU career and rarely leaves the field, he's seeing his 50th start here today. That's center T. John Karoma, indeed among the all-time BYU Ironmen. Now, while the cast of quarterback characters has varied wildly over the last four seasons, the one constant on the BYU offense has been the muscle-packed bundle of energy and personality that is yeah. T. John Karoma. He'll be sorely missed in the middle of this veteran offensive line. Oh, well said, Greg. Well said. T. John's been the rock up front. You know, he's a really strong blocker. He's a good blocker. He calls all the line blocks. And the center, of course, handles the ball in every play. And for to make as many snaps as he's done in the 50 starts, Man, that's a lot of snaps, and uh, there have been very few that you had to say, oh, T. John screwed that thing up. Almost entirely shotgun. I would say, yeah, it's almost yeah. all shotgun, and it just hasn't happened. You know, he's six foot, 290 pounds. Last week, he made such a big difference when he was able to make that combo block at the line and then get to that linebacker, the second level, and every time you saw Squally come popping out of the line and uh, making those big plays, it was because T. John had sealed off that inside linebacker. Many times in the game, you saw Squally come back to the huddle and pat T. John on the back, saying, "Good job, man! You were." And he got some recognition for his hard work. You know, I, I really like. He also uh, is uh, well liked by his teammates. He's a captain. They voted him and selected him a captain. And he also calls the coin toss every week at the away games. And he has a little fun. You know, there's been a couple times he's chatted out there with the officials. And, and uh, so he's really uh, the kind of guy that you've seen him mature and grow stronger and stronger and become a really good football player and a good guy. Amen. More of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after this break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 a month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football Live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. BYU Football. 25-20, path into the end zone. 10-5 and touchdown. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Welcome back inside Lavelle Everett Stadium here for BYU and UMass. Both, the, both teams have really struggled to be start the season. UMass was 0-6 before winning for the first time. BYU was 1-7 before beginning its first FBS win of the season. But uh, both teams playing a little better uh, of late. And leading the way uh, for BYU last week at UNLV, Joe Critchlow played well, yes, in his first start. The running back, Squally Canada, turned in the 10th best single-game rushing performance in BYU football history 213 yards on 25 totes since his coming back from injury at Fresno State. Squally's looked like a different player. Uh, man, he, look, he, he looks yeah. good, and he's back. He's, he's among the backs back for next year. <laughs> Hard running. Boy, he did great. You know, he ran for 98 in the opener against Portland State, and then he got caught in that uh, running back shuffle and the injuries, but he ran for 69 against Utah State. And then against Fresno, you mentioned he ran for 84 yards, but last week, 213 yards. So he made hay with his good play out 
I'll tell you. And uh, today, he'll get another chance to uh, do it his way. I think Squally's going to get a lot of carries. Time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And by the way, K.J. Hall is back in the mix at running back today. So when Squally needs a breather, uh, K.J. will likely be that guy brought in. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. A punt returner is standing at his, uh, at his, at his own team's 35-yard line in position to catch a punt. As the ball's on its downward flight, an opponent runs by the runner very close to his side, causing the player to adjust his position before catching the ball. The opponent does not make contact and does not penetrate the one-yard area directly in front of the returner. Is this a foul for kick-catch interference? The answer coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, back in Provo as our pregame coverage of BYU and UMass continues. Second game in a series, BYU leads one zip. The Cougars won 51-9 on this field last season. Time to get the answer in today's NCAA football rules question on You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's today's football rules scenario once again. A punt returner stands at his own 35-yard line, in position to catch a punt, as it turns out. Yep. As the ball's on its downward flight, an opponent runs by the runner, very uh, by the returner, very close to his side, causing the player to adjust his position before catching the ball. The opponent does not make contact and does not penetrate the one-yard area directly in front of the runner or the returner. Is this a foul for kick-catch interference? And the ruling is yes. Foul by the player on the kicking team for interference with the opportunity to catch the kick 15 yards spot of the foul. Even though the returner catches the ball, the opponent's action causes him to move away from his original location and thus interferes with his opportunity to make the catch. You be the judge presented by Legally Mind. There you go. Well, it was only one play last week. There were a lot of plays. But one particular play in last week's game at UNLV was a bit of a jaw-dropper and hinted at a breakout season to come, maybe, on the interior of BYU's defensive line. UNLV tailback Lexington Thomas, 1,000-yard rusher on the year, took a second-half handoff and swept toward the right sideline, converting a short third down in the process. It was an otherwise nondescript run, ending with a tackle on the boundary, and it moved the chains. It was nondescript, but for the guy who made the tackle. It was nose tackle Kyrus Tonga, who motored all the way down the line from the middle of the field to make a stop usually made by a linebacker, a safety, or a corner. Tonga showed incredible speed for a player his size, and when he wrapped up and landed on Thomas on the sideline, that rebel running back took a little more time than normal to get to his feet. Mark Tonga is only a freshman playing after two seasons away on a mission, but we've seen glimpses all year, and that play and it so showed us in and of itself why observers think this could be an NFL lineman in the making. Yeah, I like him. He's 6'4", 340 pounds. For him to be able to move that quickly to get out to the sideline and make that play, that's really remarkable. But uh, he makes a lot of standout plays, the kind where I stop and say, hey, who is that guy? Oh, Kairos Tonga. So uh, he stops back in their tracks. So he's got lateral quickness. He pursues left and right down the line really well, as you pointed out. But he's a great performer on that defensive line, and he's only going to get better. He's one of those guys, you know, we were talking about earlier. It was just four years ago that Karoma was starting and Warner was starting. We're thinking, man, we get them for four years, and now they're going. But Kyrus Tonga is one of those guys that we're saying, oh, man, we've got him for four years. Fourth on the team in tackles for loss. He's got one and a half sacks. 
a forced fumble, and he's got two pass breakups. So great player, fun to watch. He's going to be a, he's going to be a dandy. From Tonga to T. John, T. John Karoma just got introduced, and a big cheer from the crowd, and there he is out to midfield as T. John makes his way out. One of the 18 seniors being honored here in the pregame at Lavelle Everett Stadium. All right, coming up, we'll hear from Nate Nickel at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and UMass continues live from Provo. On this senior day, this is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis catch, 10-5, touchdown! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. As we get ready for BYU and Massachusetts, time for a 10-second station identification break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Cougar fans, post your favorite fan picks from today's game with the hashtag Les Olson IT for a chance to win one, a $100 Amazon gift card. That's today at this game, your fan picks from the game. Take the pick on your phone, then tweet it with the hashtag Les Olson IT. That's L E S O L S O N I T as in Thomas. That's hashtag Les Olson IT with your favorite pan, fan pick. You could win $100. With Amazon, courtesy of Les Olson. Well, the Minutemen of UMass may be only three and eight, but their offense is no joke. Uh, UMass is ranked in the top half of the FBS in scoring, top 35 in total offense, top 20 in passing yards. They've scored 30 or more five times in eight games. Have the number 16 quarterback in the country in pass efficiency, All-American tight end in Adam Brenneman, top 25 wideout in a big play guy, Andy Isabella. Running back has more than a thousand all-purpose yards on the year. Mark BYU scored in the 30s last week in Vegas. Yeah. They might need to do it again. I think so. You know. Uh, I think that everyone watching BYU opponents got an eye opener when UMass was leading Mississippi State two weeks ago in the at halftime, and then was tied in the third quarter. Now Mississippi State—that's that they were playing Alabama the next week, and they might have been looking past, might even been preparing for Alabama at that time. But who knows? That's the team that beat BYU by 25 points. That makes today's game really interesting. I, I say, get ready for a wild one. I think it's going to be a challenge. Let's send it down now to Nate Mickle from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. So it's senior day for 18 BYU football players. And, Mark, I guess it's okay to say to our audience that, uh, well, today's Nate's senior day. This is Nate's last home game as part of the radio broadcast. Uh, Nate, that makes us sad. We know we have one more game to go with you next week in Hawaii. But uh, So it's your senior day, too. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, guys, these moments are unforgettable, and this is one for me. My late father was a diehard Cougar fan, always dreamed of playing here. It was just a dream, surreal, when I actually got to play here. Met my wife here. My kids are here for the first time in the stadium to watch a game. Uh, been to every home game basically since 2004. And I couldn't be happier than to do it with you two because we're the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> you know, it's a brotherhood, the broadcast crew. You have that teammate, and it's a special ex- experience to be with those teammates. But uh, you create a brotherhood when you're with uh, Greg and Nate and uh, everybody on our crew. So, yeah, we're going to miss him. We're down to our last two with Nate Mickle. Let's hope it's uh, two wins for BYU. Kickoff is coming up next, and we'll get Mark's Ken Gar keys to the game, too. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU sports network.